search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Broken by Concept, episode 25. Feels like I've been doing this for years now and I'm... It's like we're old timers, dude. It's like another yeah, reckon? It another feels episode. like I've done this just forever now. It's like in two months, three months or something. It's been a long time. We're thinking about two episodes a week. Two episodes a week eight, we've done. Eight that's... times, so it's like three months. Oh yeah, Holy three moly, months. dude. It's like a quarter of a year. Think, yeah, we just started this one, like what the hell are we doing? We and now no we feel like pros, man. Actually a professional. Not really. Like our audio is just perfect every episode. We're getting there our eventually. It's perfect. I'm just kidding. The guest ones we're so sloppy on. So we've got to get a new guest. Yeah, I know. We were going to get a guest this week, but we're pretty slack on that one. Yeah. We? Christmas period, December. Everyone's... you got to be lazy. Yeah. If you're in December, you have to be lazy. If you're, if you're not lazy, you're not a part of society. That's right. Um, lazy so, is not the word. You got to like just just tone it down chill, and get ramp up for January. New Year's resolution, January, January no. 1st. No New Year's resolutions. No New Year's. We don't believe in New, Zero, New Year's resolutions in the Broken by Concept podcast. They should get obliterated. Yeah. Okay. It should be a... I'm sitting on a remote, dude. I am. Yeah, sitting you probably are. Remote's on my ass. <laughs> Let's move that. <laughs> Let's move that out of the, the way. Um, I hate them. I hate New Year's resolutions. It's like, as soon as this day hits... Then. Then I'll change my life. Not now, not tomorrow, and... It's like, oh, I can, like, three more weeks' time's not... For some reason, as soon as this day turns around, I can be the person I want to be. But uh, that's the reason why, Curtis. Everyone just fades away from the gym after... uh, Oh, yeah. So it starts January... Because the mindset is the problem. The mindset. It's all the mindset, yeah. Yeah. Because if they started now, they have no excuse to, like... Oh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm busy in January now. It's like, well, I mean, you know, you're yeah. not busy now, you know? Yeah. Or, like, let's go know. now. If anything, actually, it makes more of the sense yeah, to man, start doing stuff. Yeah, it makes more sense to be right now. To start things now. Because you're just chilling down. There's less work to do. Yeah. Um, so one of the comments we had in the bottom of last episode was complaining about the lack of timestamps. The bottom or the top, Curtis? <laughs> it got Same a lot thing. of likes. And I want to explain this. Yes, yeah, so we've got to explain ourselves. Because so, for everyone, Curtis is in charge of the timestamps. That's correct. So the way that our structure goes for the editing, the, 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 way this, the way this podcast gets packaged up, so it's really easy when you guys are sitting here watching this, right? But I got to go out in my room straight after this podcast. I got to take the SD cards out of our little Zoom H5 recorder thing here. Yep. The camera. Yep. And then I got to go it up. add it, sync up the audio. And that's it. And then I've got to sit there. Oh, no, the worst part is the rendering process, dude. Because like, I feel so like my computer just is so loud and it's just terrible. Well, you just got to render it. That's all you like, got And do. then i got to render it. Okay. You don't do anything. You just watch it. <laughs> just watch it. Okay. You sync it up and you press render. And, and then, then you send I it to upload me. it to the interwebs. Yep. Right? Yep. And then Curtis has got the timestamps. And, and then, then I do the timestamps. And then Curtis came to me the other day. He's like, Nathan, I'm sick of timestamps. I don't think... Was that the way I do it? No, I, I don't think that was the way it went. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure what, what we it was said... like a discussion. Well, we had a discussion. What I said was, do we want people to skip? Mm, do we want people question. to skip? Because one thing on, on the big like podcast, a lot of them don't have timestamps. Mm. A lot of them. I would say main, the main ones don't have timestamps. But is that, is that... Is that because of laziness? Or is that yeah. because they don't want to pay someone to do it? Or is it because they genuinely think that they don't want people to skip forward? I don't know. Now, I was thinking, I, was, I just spoke today. I mean, I'm fine to do the timestamps. It mm. doesn't take me that long. I can do the timestamps in like 15 mm. minutes. It's mm. not a problem. Mm. It's like, okay, if I do sit here and do these timestamps, we are encouraging people. Or that means we want people to skip to certain sections. We want them to be able to click on the video and then they can pick which section they want to go to and then they can watch that bit and come back to it. One of the people, one of the 
one of the comments was saying, I like the timestamps because I know where I left off. But in, in YouTube, I'm pretty sure it saves where you've left off anyway. Yeah, pretty so sure I don't understand that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and the, re- the main reason what I said to Nathan was why I didn't want timestamps was because now with our new format, we're not just going through a, a bunch of topics anymore. Our goal is to do one topic. We start with a topic. Or one and then or we two. talk about that for six hours. Or like one or two. Like very, very yeah. minimal. And it's, yeah. and it, but it's less going to be like, okay, here's a topic. Talk about it. That, Here's another topic. Talk about it. It's all going to be an amalgamation. It's all going to be conflated together. It's all going to be this messy, long conversation that you need to understand or ideally have heard what we said at minute 10 because that's going to influence the way you think about what we talk about at minute 50. Mm. Because it's all gonna, we're, we're, we're following on ideas. Mm. You're riffing on things I say and mm. I riff on things you say. Mm. and we're, we're, it's, like a, it's like a... A building, pro- like building a building or something. That's right. Like each podcast, think of it as like a structure we're building from the ground up based on like a, based on some materials we get at the beginning. We're like, all right, we've got to build something. Yeah. How's or we that? might come up with a new idea, but it's less about the idea. It's how we come up to that, that idea. I mean, if you think about it, our first 20 episodes, we, that, that was topic centric. That was, it like, was very topic centric. I think that's fine. We, we like that. We, we've covered a lot of stuff in this podcast. Oh, we, we, we might go back to that. Yeah. We might actually do this, this style of like podcasting and, and be like, this sucks. We're yeah. still trying to find the identity of the podcast, that's remember? That's true, yeah. So we might actually do this. Like, all right, this sucks. Let's go back to that topic style. Let's just go over like six topics. Yeah. Um, so again, that's, that's where we're at right now. If you guys really don't like it, and let, 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 let's just say, this is the way I would like to do this, guys. Give us give us a bit of time here. Give us a bit of room. Let us do this style for, let's say, the next four episodes. Jeez, oh, four episodes? I was thinking more like two months or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, okay. Well, In the grand scheme of, you know, Curtis, it's going to take us 10 years to complete a 1,000 episodes. That's correct. What's two months? True. Okay. If anything, that's still too short. Okay. Let's say a month or two. And then, and then if we still, if you guys still feel it's not good or you prefer to go back to the other style and go over a bunch of topics and then timestamps, um, we can do that. I'm happy to do that. But that's where we're at right now. I just want to keep it honest, keep it transparent. And we're evolving. I was trying to think as well. It's like, when, when do I actually enjoy listening to podcasts the most? And, and like, now that I think of it, I actually like listen to things that I wouldn't have clicked on originally as yeah. a topic anyway. And it's like, oh, that's actually interesting. It's like random shit yeah. or like a really funny conversation that like, it's not even about a topic. It's just yeah. like a random yeah. thing. Yeah. For sure. Like, cause if you, if you actually listen to a podcast start to finish, I actually feel in a way sometimes anxious when I skip to like, like on a podcast, like one minute, one hour and 10 oh, minutes. It's a, it's, it's a different sort of entertainment at that point. It is, isn't it? I think it's just a different It's just a different thing. medium. It's not a podcast anymore. It's kind of like... When you watch a Simpsons episode versus watching a movie, okay, in a way, it's like okay, a, Simpsons a Simpsons episode is still good, yeah, but it's not the same as a movie experience where like or a series, a proper series experience where you start from scratch. Series and movies, that's a good, good yeah, good correlation. I yeah, think. series and a movie, it's kind of like some episodes just suck. Right. But the movie is like either going to suck or not, but an episode like could be like the, the series could be good, but an episode can suck. Mm. I don't know if I'm just talking my ass here. Yeah, I don't know, eh? You know, like... All right. Well, let's just let's just not overthink it. We're just going to do. Let's just do. And then let's see what flows, man. Go with the flow. Again, just chilling. Just chilling. Welcome to the Broken by Concept podcast. We're chilling and League of Legends. That's right. 
Maybe that's what I should do, the little description. Chilling in League of Legends. That's just ridiculous. That's just shocking. That's shocking. All right, where are we kicking it off today, Nathan? All right, so the the topic that we're going to talk for six hours on is this article I found. It was on Reddit like a while ago, I think. Okay. Um, AOC says Elo Hull in League of Legends built her patience for Congress. So what is AOC? So AOC is just like the initial... It sounds like a position, doesn't it? But it's, <laughs> it's actually her name. It's her name. Her name's Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. And she got really famous off um, the Mark Zuckerberg questioning. Because she actually... Because like all the people in the questioning... Remember the, like the memes? All them, some, Everyone knows it, right? Right. Because like, they're like really stupid questions. When yeah, they're, they're like boomers, right? They're boomers. Like... <laughs> What's going to happen is, yeah, like, they were just stupid questions. Just really basic questions, right? And Mark Zuckerberg had to, like, answer them, like, and everyone said it was, like, a lizard, like, you know, because he had no emotion and stuff like that, which is true. He's, he's a strange dude, right? Yeah, yeah. But she had some really good questions, right? Okay. And you're like, yes, you know, go her. Like, it's awesome, right? So she's, she's picked up a lot of fame. And she's active on Twitter and she's a gamer. So she's actually making it into the gaming community and stuff. And she actually started streaming a bit. Okay. She's, like, streaming Among Us, right? So, you know, this... this um. So she's a like so a member of Congress. So, so she's the she's the U.S. representative for New York's 14th congressional district. I mean, I don't have. I don't understand how that works. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't, but I don't know how it works. Sounds like an important it. role. Yeah, it's an important. <laughs> I think it's, if she's Mark, if she's questioning Mark Zuckerberg, that must be pretty important. Okay. Right? Yeah, I can see that. All right. So in her second Twitch stream, yeah, she credited her time grinding away on the ranked ladder as a valuable lesson in patience. Which I think is so funny, right? Okay. So going on more about this article here, um, she had a successful debut stream where she was playing Among Us. She was basically trying to like promote, you know, voting for the next election and stuff okay. like that. Which is pretty smart. She's like yeah. tapping into the gaming audience because I'd say gamers are probably pretty lazy when it comes to mm. voting, you know? like. Well, I don't think she's probably not thinking about gamers. But she's probably just thinking of younger people. Yeah, younger people. Yeah. Right? And a lot of younger people who, don't really who aren't familiar with politics and don't really understand yeah. it nor care. Like myself, yeah, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the perfect yeah. example. You're the perfect example, yeah. I mean, maybe. yeah, for, for me as well. Get me to vote potentially, yeah. yeah. If um, I was in America, so um, so someone on the Twitch chat when asked her if about playing League of Legends has helped AOC maintain some decorum, decorum in Congress, and she responded saying, "Quote." Yeah, I think so. Getting caught in Elo Hell, I mean, we can have a whole discussion in Elo Hell, but getting caught in Elo Hell really requires so much patience. I was playing with 12-year-olds that rage quit five minutes into a game. So, <laughs> so it really builds your patience. That's what she said. And the funniest thing about that is they're not 12-year-olds, are they? No, they're like probably 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. Even 20s, Yeah, dude. 20s. So I thought that was really funny, dude. So... um Wow. Imagine her being in your game. She's like a sophisticated yeah, woman, sophisticated like, woman. like a businesswoman. <laughs> She's dealing with... She's like... People are probably abusing her. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Think about that. that. You know what this is a super interesting lesson in? What's it's that? like, you have no idea yeah, yeah. who you're talking to on the other side. It's true. Like, you... Like there could be a forty or five year old dad. One of them could be a twelve year old kid. So people have this perception of what the league player is, and it must be a twelve year old still. Like you see that that's such a well, that's what stereotype. that generation that yeah, generation yeah. is a stereotype. Well, like how do you stereotype a, a league player in your eyes? I think. What's of, your biasness towards? Because if I think about it, I always think of a a league player as like some seventeen year old kid. Yeah, me too. Just just that age, that specific that age, age. Yeah, I'm really cocky. I think of like league players. Majority of them are. Cocky, 17-year-old, immature, like, very confused kids. Which can't be the case. 
That's a sub. That's just a portion of it. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a portion. But like, you think? No, because the reason I think that was because that was me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's you, and that's what I, I wanted like, to I'm get into. Biased. Yeah, I'm just very biased. Yeah, you're like trying to put yourself in that position. I'm fra- yeah, I'm pushing myself, my own experiences, with the way. Yeah, it's like a super interesting way of looking at it. Like, like that's like, the beauty w- of the internet. What's the first thing? Because because you must have in your mind, right? Right? Like you must have some visualization. Everyone does. I do as well. Is who's that person typing? Yeah, there must, I, I try to. Do, I try to do it. Too. There, there must be something <laughs> that like is like there, right? In your <laughs> do, in your mind. Do you do this? Do you actually like try and think about what that person looks like and what they do day to day? I don't think at all. But I'm saying is that you have yeah. an idea. You could draw that person right now. You have you have an idea of it. Well, of like the average player. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, like, like. Yes, I have a pretty accurate. I mean, in my mind, but that's only a subsection. No, it's a subsection. I don't, whether it's a subsection or not, you view everyone as that way. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, oh, you not would everyone, but I was a majority of them. Well, I mean, because actually, people no, let's you don't go know. through. No, let's go through because I actually have weird, like, like in my des- mind description. Yeah, yeah. So like, I can go... I compartmentalize them. Okay. This is super fascinating. I actually compartmentalize these subconsciously. Yeah. I actually haven't thought about this before, but I actually do. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Let's go through this. Okay. <laughs> this let's funny. hear yours, Ghost, and we can hear mine. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's the cla- in my mind, the most common one is the classic, probably between the age of 16, 17 year old, edgy teenager that listens to Travis Scott. Okay. And is very, like, thinks they're like, the best fucking player in the world. Okay. And they're super into their micro. So, and so, they're so, toxic. So, this is the people you play with in Challenger. Yeah, these are the higher okay, elo players. Most players. of the higher elo players yeah. are like this. Yeah. They're the very egotistical, yeah. overachievers mm. in life or in mm. school, mm. a lot of them. Mm. And then they have an ego. And then they look down on everyone else they play against. So, then they have, like, this insane ego. And then... They put other people down, but it's all insecurity. Um, and they they think they're super cool and super edgy because they listen to like Travis Scott and all these like rappers, and then they abuse other people and they and they have like insider memes and like shit like that. So that there's like that's one subsection. That's one of the type of player. And you think that's influenced based on how you were? Um, that no, I would say that I wasn't really like that, that was more like the Calvin. Okay. That's like, there's like a, a subsection of the community like that. I was so, kind of, I was close. You were close. I was very close yeah. to that though. Yeah. I was Because the, these, I was the these get influenced. Because think about, because uh, what I'm trying to say is think about it this way. There's no way you think someone on the other end typing to you is some 40 year old dad, 45 yeah. year old dad. Right? No, no, no way. Well, not that the level we play at. Yeah, not the level. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's that's a fact. We know that's true, right? Yeah, we know that's true. So then again, like what are we viewing them as? And that's why this is Okay. So well, there's that there's that one. Yeah. And I'll say that's the most common in high elo. Yeah. Then you get like the really um there's the there's this completely other type of weird player. These are like the ones that are, like the kind of like the absolute grinders that are so in their head and have like they have the most insane mental blocks and invisible narratives. Mm. These are the guys that play like 2000 games a season or like more. Yeah. And usually the way I view them is like, they're the people that, um, these are like the guys that either hard stuck, like master tier. I don't like the word, use the word hard stuck, but they genuinely are hard stuck in their yeah. mind. Yeah. And they're like master tier, sometimes diamond one, they float around. And usually they're a little bit older, maybe like mid, like early twenties, mid twenties. And the way I envision them is like they work a pretty shitty job and like they're very confused mm. and they they need help, mm. but they have no role models mm. and they're just wasting time, pissing away time. And then they're letting out their anger to everyone else in the game. 
And a lot of these players are usually one tricks, actually. Um, yeah, they're one tricks, uh, usually, a lot of the time. Um, what about, is there a subsection of, like, college students, university students? Because that, that's that's what my perception is. Of, oh, of interesting. Them. That's what it is for me. It's like a university student no. who's just playing leagues on the side for the fun. So you think these people are like full-time league No, players? so I, I actually go... Like, well, I actually don't think those job. players are usually that good. So the way I view it is the, the players just below university or first-year university students. I don't even view them as studying. They're just Got like... It. They're like me when I was just finishing like year 12 going into university. They're the cocky young kids. Then the other, the other one past that is like the, the older one. They're like probably finished study or like can't find a job and they're still living at home mm. and they're pissing away their time playing League of Legends and they're mm. really toxic and they're just angry. Mm. They're angry in society mm. about society and they're letting it out in the game and just abusing people all the time and like it's delusional about their level of play. Okay. So there's that, that. Yeah. And I want to help all these categories. I'm trying to find ways to be the role model. Yeah. Because um, that's, yeah, that's a very negative way of looking at everyone. I know, right? I yeah. do. Yeah. That's just, I can't say I have many positive experiences with people. Because it's true, but you just don't have When do you have many positive But then there are a subsequent positive people. Yeah. Okay, then they're the rare ones. Okay. Then you get those very rare, somewhat delusional positive people as well. And usually then the sad reality is, and this is what I want to change, is that usually those people that are positive and happy, they're not that good. Yeah. But just by chance, they're usually just not that good at the game. And what do you think that is? And I don't know what that... Maybe is that those people potentially... They're not super driven because they're so angry? Because like, I mean... No, maybe they're... I think they're intimidated. Yeah. I think they get intimidated of other players. Yeah. Because you know how I've I've actually thought about the way I want to come across as a player? Mm. I want to be the player that doesn't type... So there's all this shit going on. The way yeah. I view it is like... Chaos. Oh, it's absolute chaos. Like I'm like walking through a tornado. Like yeah. say I'm like... Imagine... Um, this is the way I env- envision my, my Soul Q experience and the way I want to be. You know like um, the movie I Am Legend? And there's like all these like apartment buildings mm. that are like empty. And mm. There's like zombies and shit everywhere. Mm. The way I view my Soul Q experience is I'm like on this road. Say there's like... I'm in a, a dead straight road down the middle. And then on one side, there's all these abandoned apartments. And on the other side, more abandoned apartments. And there's like zombies like screaming. They're all like attacking each other. There's like fucking tornadoes. There's like all this shit. Houses flying around. But I'm just walking down the middle. And I'm not saying anything. And I'm just like just doing my job. I'm just going down this road. I want to be the player... Now, and this becomes the most, you become the most intimidating player. If you can get really good and and become this sort of player, this level-headed machine. You're a terrifying You are opponent. the most terrifying solo queue player ever. Yeah. You are the, you are the most terrifying player ever. Yeah. Because no one- Nothing wants, can shake you. No one, yeah. And I, I can already feel like that, like when I was starting to get climbed at the end of last season, mm. I felt like that. People mm. were like against my certain champions. They were, they were intimidated. Mm. And- um. It's not because I was even that good. It's just like, I just did my thing. Yeah. And that's what I want next season, especially the start of season. So I want to go for rank one, right? And that and consistency. So people would see, because you would get those players on your team and they would say how you're acting on their team. It's like, okay, well, that guy's acting that way and I'm playing against him. It's like, this guy's going to be hard to beat. Well, because you know, you know, the thing is, and we've said this many times in competitive sports, the, the, the biggest role model is the best player. That's right. Like when yes, we want we yeah. want we wish that like the best players were the, the happy like not happy but like the most positive members mm. of the community. Mm. And the sad reality they're not. And I can't even tell you why that is the case. Mm. I don't know. Mm. We don't know. We can only come up with theories, mm. but we don't know. Mm. Um but I want to change that. 
I want to. I want to be the person that is the 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 biggest role model in the in the community and is also very good at the game. I'm not going to be the best, but I want to be at a, playing at a very high level. So then, when people are going in their solo queue experience, there's me, mm. and they look at me, mm. and then they look at everyone else. Like, holy shit, I want to be like this guy. Mm. He's good, and he's like, look at the results he's getting. Yeah, look at the results that that guy's getting. And this is the way he talks. Is the way he thinks. That's the way why he acts. for me as well. I, I want to be good as a coach. Mm. If I want to be an important role model in in the community, I have to be somewhat good, pretty good at the game. Yeah, to be a good, to be the coach you want to be. Exactly. Now, going back to the compartmentalizing, so we've got the one tricks, the older twenty, mid twenty one tricks. Then we have, but remember, guys, this is actually this is a very small subsection of my league experience because I only play in Diamond One Plus. That's right, and that's, that's why I asked you before to emphasize like, this is not the this is not the average League of Legends player base. This is just the players that are above Diamond One. Yeah. Okay. Now. Then you get, like I said, the nice guys. And usually these people are kind of stuck in Diamond 1, low master tier. And That's me, dude. That's me. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the nice guys. No, but category. I feel like a lot of those people that are like this, they they don't have that competitive intensity. Yeah, that's what it is, it's right? It's the competitive intensity that's lacking there. Yeah. Like they don't care enough about losing. Or they don't, they don't accept the pain of losing a game. Because mm. we know this, painful experiences leads to change yeah what's one of the biggest key factors of change correct that's why a lot of the like you know the um best athletes of all time come from the shittest backgrounds because mm. they don't or like these really successful people because mm. it's their painful experiences are through the roof mm. well, mike tyson always spoke about it my son or daughter it, no matter how good they, their best training they could get they're never going to be as good as me because if i lost I go back on the streets. That's right. I go back to the that, shittiest that, place in that the That motivation is just so much stronger like, than... <laughs> yeah. You always have that safety net, right? Yeah. He had no safety net. Yeah. He failed. He had to win at all costs mm, when mm, he was growing up, when he was mm. younger, when he first got brought into boxing. Um, and then finally, in the way I compartmentalize it, then then there's like... Then there's like the, the elitist um, pro players that are like... In my and house over anywhere. There's the elitist pro players that have their own little niche community, little bubble. There's little bubble. They meme. They think they're really, really fucking good when they're not even really that good. Mm. And then they just kind of shit on other people. Like yeah. they they talk down on other people. And yeah. it's pathetic. like the other like the upper and up and coming players. Yeah, it's really it's really bad. Mm. It's embarrassing. Mm. Um, and and what I've realized, high elo solo queue is just a complete. Like my dick's bigger. No, my dick's bigger. It, like yeah, it's it a is. huge ego. Yeah. Who whose Very dick's bigger? Fragile. It is so. It is really embarrassing. Mm. It it really is. Like I mean, I, I the, the reason I'm not. I don't talk about it too much. Is because I understand. That's I right. was there. That's right. I was there. You weren't there because you never were like that. But yeah, I was there when I was 18. Yeah. It's an ego. It's a, everyone's ego is just so fragile, <laughs> and they are just so in their head. And I feel bad. And I'm tr- and, and and there is no and I've, I've accepted reality. There's no way of me actually changing this or having an effect on the community without being like one of the. You gotta be good. You gotta I have be good. to be like otherwise one no of one, the best. Otherwise, no one will listen. No one's to gonna you. listen to me. Well, this is why Void Boy tried. It doesn't work. Nothing really. No happens. one's gonna give a shit about Void He's trash. He's <laughs> yeah. literally trash. Yeah. So it's like is he? He had his time. He had his glory days. Yeah, he had his glory days. It has to be like the yeah. the best players. Yeah. To date. To date. Now. Okay. Um. And then, and then I, I kind of feel like, then there are like the super mechanically gifted 15 year olds. Mm. Like sometimes, you, and then there's a whole mm. other subsection mm. of those as well, mm. which that usually they have a lot of games played. They, they play mechanically demanding champions, but they're so inconsistent. They, 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 one game they'll pop off the next game. They'll die. They'll just like die 12 times. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that's for, that's for me. How about you? Well, yeah, actually, now that I think of it, the, see, the way you view it right there is all like, I, like if I was playing in high elo, I would have the same mm. perception. But those people, because I've been in Diamond in like pretty much a lot of last season. Yeah. Right? Now I'm just getting into like high master and stuff like that, right? Um, I, oh, I forgot. Sorry, the one last one. I forgot about the Chinese elo boosters. Okay. We have a lot of in the oh, host. We have a too, lot of Chinese boosters. Yeah. And they play, um, they play like Fizz. They play Cassidin. And they play Rek'Sai. And there's the, yeah, the, the, the Chinese boosters. And they're actually really good at the game. Because one of them, they were actually Challenger in China. Oh, really? Yeah. The, so these guys were Challenger in China. And then they came to Australia to study. Got it. So they're actually really good. So they're just sitting there but, making money on the side boosting. Yeah, they make money on the side boosting. Because we actually have a high Chinese population in Australia. I actually don't mm. mind them if they're not win trading. But they win trade a lot for some reason when yeah. they don't even need to. Yeah, that's a bit weird. But like when they don't win trade and they're just playing, I actually enjoy versing them because mm. they're actually good at the game. Mm. And I actually mm. like versing good players. Mm. Anyway, go on, sorry. Yeah, I just have this, this, this one perception. It's like this 18-year-old university guy who lives at, with, with his parents. That's it. That's, that's it. Who it is. That's everyone. That's everyone. To me, who's typing to me. Fascinating. That's fascinating, Nathan. It is, which is, again, that's not the case. And that's why I want to say it here. It's like, I mean, I know that's not the case, but that's what I default to. It's like, that's like my, you know, when you like create a character in a game, mm. that's my default of who mm. I think is just. Um, well, the thing is, Nathan, I've had the luxury, we've had the luxury of meeting a lot of the high yellow community because we were in the That's right. gaming house, yeah. went to the Riot Studios every weekend and saw all the other players <laughs> in the league and I've seen how these players act in solo queue. So I've actually been able to put a face to a name a lot of the time. I've, mm. been, I've had to meet a lot of them. Mm. Again, in the high yellow community. In the high yellow community. Yeah. So I know what they're like and I know what type of people they're like and I know why they are like they like. Mm. I've met them all. I know their backstory because yeah. I've interviewed a lot of them for teams. Yeah. I know a lot about the, most of these players. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess like Diamond is, is different, right? It's just like, I think you're right though. I think you, a majority you of Diamond probably is yeah. like the 18-year-old. Like they've just been playing league for a while. They just do this in their it's free chilling. time. Yeah. It's pretty good. And they're, they're, you know, they're pretty decent at the game. I mean, Diamond's still pretty decent. But I do feel like there are Okay, when I think of Diamond 4, for example, like yeah. Low Diamond, yeah. I actually think there are a lot of like older people get to Diamond, like Low Diamond. Okay. So they're, they're the people who genuinely view League as a very hardcore passion. They put a lot of time into the game and then they, they actually get Diamond. So these are like... Mid- like 20, late 20s. So they actually work full time. They Got only it. play like after work. Yeah. And they're actually very positive. They don't say much. They're not toxic. And they're like, just focus on improvement. Actually, that's why I view most, a lot of Low Diamond players. But for me, when I verse those sort of players, they're really easy to tell because there's no finesse in their gameplay. There's no finesse in their gameplay. There's no, um, there's no, everything's by the book. There's no creativity. It's just, it's just, they will play and they will play pretty consistently at that level. They push, then they roam. Yeah, I can read everything that they're going to do. They go for objective. And that, that, that's good to get to Diamond. That's yeah. a very good way to yeah. get to Diamond. That's how you get to Diamond. That's how you get to Diamond. Yeah. And then from Diamond, that's the, you set the foundation to build and create that... that, that um, you, that's where you form your creativity and your champion mastery to take it to the next level, to go from 75 champion mastery to, say, 80 and 85 and 90, and then you get into the master tier and the grandmaster and things like that and all the small details. But you don't even need the small details to get to Diamond. That's where the small de- details actually kick in from Diamond, like, 3... Diamond 3, 2, 1, up to like Master Tier. That's where all the small details really start to come apparent. 
But yeah, I view the they're just the boring players. The Diamond Four, Diamond Three, <laughs> they're boring. They're just the boring players. That's why I hate playing in Diamond Four. I can't, I can't do it. I can only if I play on a second it's, account, it has to be Diamond One. So it's not easy. It's boring. Yeah, it's boring. it's boring because it's easy. And that's actually why as well. I I cannot play my I hate playing my main champions in Diamond One. Yeah. Even in Diamond One. Yeah. Because you probably feel like this, Nathan, back in the day. If you were to play your when you were at your prime with Udia, yeah. you would feel bored playing Udia in Diamond One. Would you not? Because it's like you know exactly what so. is gonna happen in that game. Like you know I mean, exactly but, but, no I mean, one's gonna do anything special to counter you. But I did, I mean I had new accounts, but I would be in Diamond One such a short period yeah, of time sure, that sure. it's like it doesn't matter. Right. So you wouldn't get bored. But I was a one trick, I had to play Udia. <laughs> I had no other choice. Right, okay. You know? Um but yeah, I think that's an interesting point though that you make, Nathan, is that like no one thinks about, and that's the beauty of the internet. We don't know what's on the other and side of so the screen. And there's so many unique people that yeah. I've been coming across, especially the people that I've been coaching and stuff like that. And just not that at all, which is which is crazy. Do you think that we we actually need to shift our our perception of who we verse in solo queue? Like for me, anyway. Do you think I'm, I'm wrong, or do you think no, like, no? I think that again, you're pretty spot on. But it's like, it, but is that a negative way of viewing it or am I am I like I mean humans are great at stereotyping everything yeah we are right we stereotype races we stereotype things yeah. so, so I think but it's by human nature that we're going to stereotype the average elite player like she stereotypes them right as 12 year olds interesting but it's like yeah it's like it's, it's, that, it's sort of understanding like it's not changing because the, then you're just saying change the stereotype but it's just like not thinking about it at all, really. I don't really think about who I verse. I mean, I'm just you, just you just brought it to the forefront here. Yeah. The way like, because I never really think about my teammates. Yeah. At all. Well, but again, when you do, you've got this. Yeah. If I were to, yeah. that's the way I would that's think right. about it yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty bloody awful though when I think about it. It is, isn't it? It's it sounds just shocking. Hardcore stereotype, dude. It's a lot of toxic stereotypes. Yeah. But. but I mean, I'm trying to be logical here. I'm trying to be <laughs> rational. Like, am I... I'm trying to think, am I being unreasonable? Yeah. I mean, is... I haven't really met a... Like, ha, when have we met, like, the, you know, the classic 24-year-old, 25-year-old engineer who comes home and plays three games a night without raging and going back to their, their girlfriend, they live together and... Like, when, when, when are you going <laughs> to meet that genuine dude in solo queue in high yellow? And Grandmaster Challenger. You said that just don't exist. <laughs> have you met one? No, we haven't, Curtis. As I'm saying, I must, have... It must say something there, doesn't it? So I'm just saying, man. Like, I'm just trying to be... Yeah, I think you're fair. I think this is definitely reality. Yeah. So, they'd love to explore this. Like, yeah. why that is the case, though. Is yeah. it just because dispro- like these people are spending a disproportionate amount of time playing the game? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we talked about this to, to Jonathan as well. Was, um, <laughs> John was always perception was to be good at League, you had to have some sort of... You had to, you played it as an escape to escape in reality. You had some to form. you had to be messed up in one aspect yeah. of your life, and you had to use gaming as an escape. Like Jono, that's what Jono used to. Jono would always say to, to us, "It's like it's not a matter of whether you're messed up as a pro player. It's like you it's, are. It's, it's how much, how, how messed up you <laughs> how are. How messed up you are. Like, how many how many childhood traumas, exp, trauma, <laughs> traumatic experiences have you had? That's right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Every one. Every pro player that we yeah. have worked with had severe trauma of some form. Yeah. And they use League as an escape. Now, I don't. I actually think that's a temporary thing, though. Yeah, I think that that will. That's go only away. that breed, or that's yeah. a, that generation of pro this players. Yeah. The, the first ten years of the game, I think, will be like that. But as people, as it becomes more professional, an actual career you can go. There'll oh, be some... I'm already seeing it, dude. The guy that I'm coaching in EU six ten. Yeah, he's a he's like an he's like an average, a very social, academic, good family, mm-hmm. 
everything, ticks all boxes. Mm. Not like he, he's not playing league as an escape at all. Mm. He genuinely sees it as a career path. And he's a professional mindset towards Profe- it. And he's approaching it in a professional way. Cause, cause he's that's... getting a coach. He's focused on his sleep, his schedule. He's training his body. He's training his mind. He reads books about the greatest athletes. He studies VODs across the world. Like this guy's doing everything to become a pro player. Because we didn't the, have that. Yeah, well, well, but we didn't have that. But we got to the highest pinnacle of the game on our, you know, on our respective server. Yeah, we wouldn't which be is able. The to. problem we should we shouldn't right now. We we wouldn't be able yeah, to, we now, be able I don't to think. now. Yeah, I don't think we would be able to if we went about the way we did it. We wouldn't be able. to. Yeah, okay. We've had to adapt right now. We have professional minds. Because the only the reason it exists is because you're able to do it. That's right. Like the only reason, and this is what like I think the game will be. You won't be able. You won't be able to be this toxic fragile mental kid mm. and get to like rank top 10 or yeah, high i would say we wouldn't even get you wouldn't even be approaching master tier wouldn't, yeah you just get weeded out yeah you got to be so mentally tough yeah that because that, that's what I th- we both think is one of the greatest things about league mm. is that it's a mental it's a, it's mental warfare well aoc here says she learned patience which is a huge skill for her in congress mm. how interesting is that you know, patience. Does league teach you patience? Do you think? So you what, know, what do you think is the biggest lesson league teaches you? Well, you know, I would say it, it, this was the first year where I truly understand. I understood patience in league. Yeah. It took me nine years. In game or out of game? In game. It took okay. me nine years. Nine years. Was that nine? So this is my tenth year. But right? you must have patience. You've been rank one on oh, ten years. Take me t- nearly ten years. I would say any player that hits rank one has some form of idea of patience. You think you've never... Under- but you just say you truly understand patience. Yeah, I'm not going to say I understand it fully, but it feels like this was the first season where... Okay, no, patience is not the right word. Poise. Poise. Where I full, I, I've realized that... No, it's not that I fully understood it and I've internalized it. It's more that I've been able to see the power of poise. And you know what really clicked for me with understanding poise? With Showmaker. Watching Showmaker play the game is what allowed me to understand the poise. And why is that? If you watch Showmaker play the game, it's beautiful. It's the most, it's like the definition of poise gameplay. Mm. It's like, I'm not forcing anything. If the opportunity presents itself, I will take it every single time and execute it flawlessly. Yep. I am, no matter what happens in the early game, if I get behind, I mess up a kill, I am going to do exactly the optimal play no matter what. Yeah. It's just, it's just a machine. It's just robotic. Yeah, it's it's literally robotic. So poised. He yeah. he doesn't. He knows when he does have to force, and he doesn't have to force. Yeah. He knows when he he when his power spike is and what trades he can and can't take. He will hold that ability for two minutes if he needs to hold that ability for two minutes. He won't use. He won't feel forced to use it. He just does it. He he plays the game optimally, and that's the thing I respect about him. It's the constant. It's a consistency, game in, game out. It's not even sexy half the time, but it works. So how, how did you learn this? How do you think? So how do you think a player like that? How does he learn that? Where do you think he learned that from? See, I mean, he's obviously self-taught, right? That guy just seems like the most calm dude, though. He's always a calm person. He looks like a dude. very calm person. Yeah, I think he would have a nature to be very. So you can't see him like raging in solitude and stuff like, like that. Kind of faker in a way. Yeah, like he's very yeah level-headed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, faker poised. Yeah, now the thing about Faker is absolutely poised as well. They don't they don't have emotion. They don't have as much emotion. Yeah. Which actually runs counterintuitive to how our whole theory, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it runs counterintuitive to what we believe is You gotta be emotionally passionate about the game because you gotta hate losing more than you hate winning. Is that that's what we mean by we mean by that? Well, that's a European way of going about it. Yeah. 
Think about what European is poised. Mm. I don't see Europeans as poised. Mm. I mean, I'm thinking about Europeans and North Americans. They are not poised. No. I mean, I would say Bjergsen started to develop a, a, mm. a, a, quite a bit of poise towards the end. But anyway, it's interesting. I mean, I just think there's cultural differences that we just don't understand what's at play here. I think there's a very deep topic that, I mean, we get asked it all the time. Like, how come Korean players can do this? And just because a Korean player does something, it just it, it just might not work. Like, the way Korea or China go about That's something. Right, you don't have to copy them. You don't right? have to copy. Just right. find what works. I mean, I'm not, I don't agree with, and Jono doesn't agree with the way Korea do things. Mm. The sad reality is that it's working for now, but mm. I just don't think it will last though. Mm. I, I, mm. I think we're going to see the reign of Europe soon and it's going to be an absolute slaughter fest. Like I think once Europe start getting the hang of it, because Europe are going to figure it out, in my opinion, before Korea and China. Like the optimal, we're talking optimal improvement schedule and doing like sustained performance. Why, why are they, how are they going to suddenly figure it out? No, it's not going to be as sudden. It's a gradual thing it's where gradual it, like, things thing. click. Because the way I, the way I see it, dude, is that the way Korea churn and burn players, and then and then China as well, just having insane amount of players where like they get talent because pure bulk. That's true. And they copy a lot of of Korea as well, yeah. and they import a lot of Korean players. It's like they're not going to innovate. I can't imagine Korea and 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 China innovating the the way esports is the esports standard practice. I just can't. I just can't. I and can't you can't see, see NA at all? I can see NA developing some techniques and I could see Europe, but I think Europe <clears throat> have the, the perfect balance of server population. So they have very high skill players. Yeah. They're going to have the pipeline of talent. <clears throat> NA are doing a good job of that also. So I think NA will be good in that, in that department. <clears throat> but I think that Europe, they don't have that mindset where we're just going to churn and burn. And I think that's so toxic. We're creative. We, we, we don't give a shit. You have to play 16 games a day and you have to work till you have to play till 3 8 that's just the culture in korea outside of gaming that's it's what it's working all their industries we've we've known korean players or people that have spoken i mean i've known korean people that have spoken to me about korean culture it's insane Mm. comparatively to western culture Mm. like their work culture and in china it's the same thing it's a very similar thing their hours what's expected of them the way they view work you just got to, that's the way you got to do it. Oh, again, that's, that's their culture. That's the way you're brought up. You that's the way you brought incredibly up. Incredibly hard. It's like, yeah, it's working hard, not. So you know where smart. that actually came from, by the way? Uh, this is not me. This was from a Korean person I knew. Okay. So that apparently the way Korea, this is for South Korea specifically. Yeah. So South Korea apparently is actually a very mineral poor country. They don't have, like Australia, we have a lot of minerals and we can export like iron ore and things yep. like that. Yep. We, we, that's where we, we make the majority of our money. South Korea doesn't have that luxury to export minerals and, and all these things and, um, and, and products. So they had, a, when, I believe when, um, I don't know when it was, something around when America went to South Korea and stuff like that, they realized that if they were to like, start becoming a um, or growing as a country they had to innovate and they had to they had to innovate technologically so companies like samsung and lg and all these companies that started cropping up they were forced to innovate mm. and develop new technology mm. and work their absolute asses off and all in on education to to to, to compensate to and to compete with these other countries yeah. that just have resources yeah they don't have the resources that's why they all in on education 
the work ethic is unbelievable because like, well, Korea, we don't have the luxury. We have to, we have to innovate. We have to export tech, these tech, these TVs and these, whatever it is, monitors to, to, to compete. And that's flow. That's had a flow on effect with the way they, they, it's affected education, the way it's affected their work culture and so on and so forth. Which was I found I found pretty interesting and it makes sense to me. If you really think about it, that's like the Mike Tyson part of a culture, right? It is a bit because no. Mike, Mike Tyson had no other options. South Korea had no other options. There's no other options if it was going to be a, a big uh, country. And now I'm assuming it gets quite a bit of um, uh, money from like the tourism industry and K-pop and all that shit. But you know, all that shit Curtis says. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell Curtis is viewing K-pop there. <laughs> um, anyway, we did so. So Nathan. When you're playing, when you're playing uh, your games in Diamond, you've Curtis, always fascinated Curtis, me. I'm master here now. Okay, master. I'm, 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 okay. I'm climbing. I'm almost grand master. Just regardless. Like, yeah. You've always fascinated me with your, your mentality in solo queue. Yeah. Like, what, what, like the, you're just this, you, you, you have this facade of being a robot, but I don't, I know it's not true. Yeah, it's not true. No, did I, I get, I get, I get. So what effects you do? So what, what, what affects, affects you? Oh, I mean, the biggest thing is I overcomplicate just things. That's what it is. What do you mean? Expand? Um, well, I think there was definitely a, a moment, especially last season, where I was giving opponents too much respect. Why was that? Well, it's like I'll overthink it. Like the perfect example was, um, like I actually posted a video yesterday, right? Rek'Sai started blue. I started red as Eve. We we're going to meet on that bot side, right? It was so obvious Rexai would gank that, right? Old me would be like, oh, he knows that I'm going to counter gank that because it knows how obvious that is. So what I'm going to do is some crazy other thing. Yeah. And then, you know, try and get some lead other way. So you're like, you're like expecting them to be no. better than they are. Yeah, that's right. Literally. And then in that game, I just did, I counted the most, I just counter ganked him because it was the most obvious thing we'll do and I won the game off of it. That's what I'm doing now and that's working incredibly well. And I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm literally powering up the ranks. Too. Right. I, I have no, no problems right now in my okay. master. So, because I'm just like, this is the obvious thing they're going to do. They're most likely going to do it. They do it. Okay. okay, cool. So, do you get affected by anyone else? Um, again, right now, no. But yeah, I'd say in Diamond, uh, when I was like struggling in Diamond, um, because it was like a snowball effect. Because I was struggling, and people would be saying like I'm washed up and stuff like so, that. So, that you know? affected you? Yeah, because everyone knew who I was. That's why, right. I had to, that's why I had to name change my account. Oh, right. Especially when I was trying to learn Nidalee and Lee Sin. Right. I was like, oh, there's no way people are going to let me try and learn these champs, dude. People just dodge me, dude. You yeah. Because then it's like... Naked, and that affects just... your confidence. Yeah, of course. But now I'm all in on my champion pool, so my champ identity, and just dominating, dude. Yeah. You know? Like, I can play against counterpicks. I literally couldn't care less. Because, you know, I actually had this... It's so fascinating we're talking about this topic. Um, I actually get angry because there was a... There's like this MMA fighter who talks about how he hates bullies. Yeah. He hates bullies. He hates bullies. And maybe, I don't know why, maybe some backstory, That's maybe true. he got bullied when he was a kid, whatever. And I actually get angry mm. thinking that there's like some like people out there, young kids or whether it was even like people just having a crack at the game and like genuinely nice people just getting yeah, they do get bullied, beaten down and they bullied. Do. Yeah, you do. Genuinely bullied in League yeah. of Legends. Yeah. And they don't do. even have to do this. They don't even have to play the game, mm. but they're playing it because they want to play and yeah. they're getting bullied. Yeah. And it actually makes me angry. Yeah. And it makes me upset. Yeah. yeah and it's like, does, holy shit, if well. like, I'm like, uh, like, you're a pretty mentally resilient dude. Yeah. You, you're what I would say 
pretty much unbullyable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you're getting it. If you're getting you get affected, affected, Nathan, yeah, how, no what does way. that mean That's for right. average people? It's, it's, it's tough. Another person, a young kid who's very fragile. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. This is shocking. Like, we, we, the, 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 this is the thing. The culture within League of Legends, it's like, it's like okay to get angry. It's okay to rage at someone. It's okay to just. It's just, it's just stock standards. Like mm. when you think of league, that's what you think about. Yeah. Like the word toxicity doesn't even mean anything yeah. anymore. You got to be like part of, the, and you get taught it. You might not be someone like that, but you just get you. You got to be part of the group. If everyone's been toxic, you could just be a part of it, and it suddenly just starts consuming you. You know. When you think about a lot of the high yellow streamers as well, mid beast, mm. and I'm not calling him. I'm not. I have nothing against mid beast personally. Yeah. But I just don't agree with the message he sends across. Mm. He has he he's a role model to people whether he wants to be a role model or, or not. not. Yeah, he has a huge he abuses audience. people in solo queue. He's like oh, the guy's fucking you know some fucking. He just abuses people saying mm. they're shit. This guy's mm. fucking shit. Mm. Uh, jungle dick. Like just says this stuff. Mm. Like it's it's not good. Yeah, no, it's not, is it? And the most of the, these high level players, a lot of them, I like that. Charisma, the Kang guy, is toxic piece of shit. Yeah, a lot of these are very toxic. Mm. It's it's bad. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a. I have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to get good, very, very high elo. We do, yeah. I to, definitely to send the a message. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be an asshole to be high elo. Yeah, it's it's definitely very uncommon. Because then everyone can just point at these players like, well, they're doing it. They're high, getting results, so why can't I? And actually, it makes me sad. Mm. And you know what? I tried to actually be a little bit more empathetic. I, I tried to say, okay, if I were a dad and I had a kid. Mm. And then my kid was playing a game and behaving in this. No, way. and he was the on the receiving end of that. Yeah, okay. Imagine if you have a fifteen-year-old kid who's already probably dealing with self-image issues, yeah. confidence issues, yeah. figuring out who the hell they are. Yeah, they're playing a game. Mm. They're putting on a facade to their parents, saying eh, it's all good, but they're actually just they're actually getting really riled up and really angry and pissed off and frustrated and abused. And then they start go- falling into that trap. And their defense mechanism is going to be to to join those toxic communities, pick up the language, and then use them back. And then what 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 are we doing to prevent this from happening? Well, the riot system doesn't work. The ban system doesn't work. So we can't rely on that. It has to be. I mean, I don't see any way apart from it being through role models, yeah, the top down to approach. Be, yeah, that's right. It has to be top down. It has to be top down. There's no way a platinum player is going to go and be like, yes, be positive, guys. You know, no. like they just, they just get bullied not down. E- not even a coach. No, not even a coach. Not no. even a coach of like a pro team. No, it has to literally be the pro players or yeah. the best solo queue players. Yeah. God, okay, so we're gonna get to solo queue. We're gonna we're season gonna, eleven is a huge year for us. Too. We is. have to be like we're talking. Both of us have to be top ten. It's gonna be tough, next year. man. We both have to be top 10. There's no, it's no excuse for both of us to be top 10. Yeah. There's no excuse for me not to be rank one. Yeah. But we both have to be at least top 10. Yeah. We have a responsibility, Nathan. It's not even about us. I got to get that minimizing down on my eve. That's correct. I got to learn how to counter every single invade possible. And I think, you know what, man? It's, um, I think you raise a really good point. It's just like, how do we increase the amount of empathy across the board? Did I raise that point? Well, essentially, that's what you're trying to get at, right? Yeah. Is that we don't know who's on the other side of that. That's screen. right. Yeah, yeah. How do we how do we increase the amount of empathy? Well, again, it's like a lot of these players haven't gone out of their way to get to like no one knows this, but that's the difference between me. Like I, 
I'm starting to personally know like a lot of these lower elo coaches that I play. Right. And they're super interesting people. Like mm. there's this one guy um, who who um, he, he started my, my coaching program um, in like gold four. And, you know, he's got, he's got all the way to plat one, but he's like bounced down plat one. He tilts the plat four and stuff. And I learned about his backstory, right? And this guy grew up in ridiculously hard circumstances, like whole family, like drug addicts and stuff like that. Mm. His, her, her, his sister overdosed when she was like 16, mm. 17. Um, and then he's actually turned to religion mm. and um, I think theology he's studying and stuff right. now. And it's so interesting. Mm. Like, think about how interesting that story mm. is. And he, you would, if you spoke to him right there, there was no way you'd think he had the, the upbringing he had. He, like, skipped school. He never went to school. He, he was set up for failure. Basically, game saved his life because he would have resorted to drugs instead of playing um, video games, which is what he did. His sister didn't, obviously, she went that route, you know, and she, unfortunately, you know, overdosed and stuff like that. But it's like, it's just nuts. And the way he talked about it, he's so mature about it, you know? Like, he just opened up with that to me. And, like, this is a guy that you're flaming, dude. Like, this guy's had such a hard life. And it's stuff like that that I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like seeing. It's like, wow. and this guy's just, you know, joined playing. He's a Kazakh, like, you know, one trick, essentially, mm. you know? And he's getting pretty good. We, you know, we, we made some serious progress, which was mm. fun. But again, it's like, these are the people you're flaming, man. It's like, dude, you could, that, you could learn from this guy, man. Like, I learned actually a lot from him, like, because, I mean, I'm not really religious myself. And he actually has a really modern outlook on religion that I thought was really interesting because he studies, again, theology. I think, is that, is that the study of... Theology is the study yeah. of religion. I like, I didn't, really, I didn't really know much yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't know that. much about it at all. And he was saying, like, how these, this church has the challenges of, like, getting the younger demographic, you know, there, and they're, like, trying to actually problem solve this stuff. And I was just learning all this stuff. Interesting. Wow, man. Dude, that's made me emotional just listening to that story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, and we've we've seen it. How many people have had rough up rough, rough upbringings? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of want to talk about this man. I mean, he's not going to watch his podcast anyway. I want to talk about Ray's. Okay. I've always had a soft spot for Ray's. So you're talking about ADC Ray's, who's now on Immortals. Immortals. He's Immortals yeah. at ADK. He was. We, we actually recruited him for Dial. He was. Yeah. He was. We were the first pro team. We picked him up. My for dad it. has always had a hot spot. He soft liked spot Ray's. For, for yeah. Ray's. Yeah. He always loved him. So yeah. let's talk about Ray's okay. for a second. Okay. So Ray's. He's an oceanic ADK from New Zealand. From New Zealand. Kiwi. He. We played. For, he played with us. Me and you. Yeah. Were you played on the team as well with him? No, I was the just manager with, for the team. That's just when you went to management. Yeah. So I played with him. I was a mid laner. He was an eighty carry. He would, he was significantly younger than me, wasn't he? Yeah, he was seventeen. He he, he started playing when he was seventeen. So Probably. I would have been twenty e- or nineteen. Am I two years older than him or three years older than him? You would have been nineteen. Yeah, two years older than him. Two probably. years. Yeah. So he right now he's yeah he'd be twenty. Holy shit, he's actually pretty old then. Yeah, they're getting the old. Now, Everyone's getting old these days. It's crazy to think. Yeah. Anyway. Ray's, I was at a soft spot for him, and I and I was stuck up for him, and he he actually did in a way get bullied a lot, even though he was a good player. Yeah, he didn't know how to stick up for himself. No, he didn't. And he was very bad socially. Yeah, and let's put it out there: he obviously has he's on the spectrum. Yeah, yes, in uh, some way, I would. He's on the spectrum, definitely. And I just always thought of Ray. I loved Ray's. Yeah. I loved him because he's so authentic. He's, he's so genuine. very authentic. He yeah. just, he, to, to, to his detriment. To his detriment. Because then he puts himself out there too much so then he can get, you know... He gets exposed because he like... And he's so passionate about the game. Yeah. And I truly believe League of Legends has significantly improved the quality of his life. Yeah. What would Ray... Like, I'm sure he would have found out something else. Yeah. 
But imagine the life. Look at the life he is living now. That's right. It's crazy. He's a pro gamer, man. He's a pro gamer. Gets to do what he loves for a living, earning really good money over in NA now. Yeah. He he was someone who probably had no friends at school, mm. never understood, mm. looked down upon by everyone. Mm. Was would would be deemed a loser. Yeah. Had no friend, nothing. Like, yeah. And, and I, I, used to, I used to feel terrible for him. Yeah. But he was so good at the game. Yeah, but he's so good at the game. That's right. And he has a mind for the game. Yeah. And it always got me thinking, like, holy shit. This is the, this is why League of Legends is so amazing. Man. Yeah. Because it gives these people this sort of opportunities. Yeah, it's a, I never thought of it that You know, I always right. had empathy for him. Like, holy moly, man. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And he's stuck with it, dude. He's I mean, stuck he, with it. With adversity. And so he, much he adversity. And he lost. Remember, because he was on against us. The, yeah, we beat a lot, him a lot. Like yeah, because he moved. five, six times in a row. We beat him know? in the finals. Like, how many times? It was four times. Four times. <laughs> yeah, we nearly beat him in the finals four times. Yeah, yeah. and then he still kept on losing the still next year. Still kept on going, going. Wait, going. he didn't win again till Legacy this year. He, didn't he, win for he, a long he, he time. lost for four years he lost straight. For four years, being basically. one of the best eighty carries, if not the best eighty carry in the league. And then finally, he got and then he won, and then went, and now he's in NA. Yeah, yeah. What a story for that guy. That's now. a great story. Someone needs to highlight that story, man. You know, and and I'd love to get him on the podcast, man. Yeah, honestly. maybe we should. I love race. I yeah. really do. And um, you know, talking about empathy and just talking about people's stories, like that yeah. guy has had a story, yeah. a story and a half. Yeah. And his mum was so supportive. Yes. Yeah. He had very supportive, very parents. supportive parents. Yeah. Because they probably knew, you know, yeah. this is awesome for him. Yeah. Get him out there in the world, having all these life experiences, like having challenging, fans. having yes, fan, like it's insane. Yeah. Man. It's pretty cool. And we just, we don't, we, we, you know what? And I think this is a theme of, um, you know what? This is a theme actually, I believe moving forward in, in the future in society, not even league. Mm. And this is maybe get a little bit crazy here, but mm. I just think that we, we, we're moving so far away from humanness in every, in every industry, in every aspect of our life. We, we, we're becoming so detached from what it means to be human. What gives us for, for, for what gives us fulfillment and what it means to be human? These human aspects, these human traits. Well, and we're moving so far away from how our, we operate in such a short period of time. I mean, the how? internet. The internet's changed our lives. The internet's been around for what twenty years? Mm. Yeah, not long. There was like dot com boom. Was like nineteen? Wasn't that nineteen ninety five? Was it two thousand? Dot com boom was two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. So twenty years. In that twenty year span, everyone's life changed. So much. Every year we're becoming less human. Yeah, I mean it's it's happening so quickly now. You have to adapt. Like like the yeah. craziest thing is like yeah, just how 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 social media like twelve years ago, and then you know it's like that that um Netflix documentary about like all these challenges that have come up because of it yeah. because of it, and like we can't solve these problems in such a short period of time. Versus, like, we had, we were able to deal with problems for, you know, d- problems didn't come up for decades. Or that would be there and there. Like, it would be a gradual problem that would, like, slowly come about. You could yeah. probably foresee it coming. Yeah. yeah. And what I'm getting at here is that, like, in League, we're becoming, yeah, it feels like with League and giving, you have the whole anon- anonymity. Anonymity. Where yeah, we, non, un, yeah, when you can't. Where we don't, we, we don't know where anyone is. That's right. There's no face to a name. We don't actually know anyone. Yeah. You can just be as toxic as you want. No one's going to find you. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing is that... Like, let's if, make it more human somehow. If people knew who that... If, if people knew that they were out there, then people wouldn't... If you act, were in the same room as that person... They would not be acting that way <laughs> at all, that same way, you know? No. Because, you know, <laughs> there's, there's funny things I see in NA chat, right? <laughs> it's like, go. they're like, oh, like, I'll fight you. <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> 
<laughs> stuff like this, you know? Like, like it's actually ridiculous, you know? It's like, and they'll, they'll tell me, it's like, no, Nathan, I actually would fight. It's like, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you really not wouldn't. A single person that what, what are you going to fight over a video game? Like, come on. No. Like, that's actually completely uncompetitive. It's like, it's like let's say if you beat someone in tennis, what are you going to do? Even if you hate the guy, you're not going to go and start punching him. <laughs> you know sense. what I mean? Like, what does that mean? I mean, I guess in footy and stuff like that would happen in like really yeah. physical sports. But like, in an aggressive, like a boxing, yeah, I can yeah. see it. But, yeah, it's weird. And we're just going so far away. Dude. We're just forgetting there's a human there. Yeah. There's actually a human lying that controlling that That's guy. right. That's another guy. Yeah. And you, there's another guy with a story. With a story. With all these challenges. He's not some stereotype that you think is some 18 no. year old kid that listens to Travis Scott. You no. Know? Yeah. He could be. <laughs> he could be. He could be. Definitely around. But then, no, it's not everyone, right? you know? Yeah. Yeah, we just need to find a way to be more human, man. And that's what I like about both of our content. Mm. It's very, I mean, we're, we're, we're not making, we're keeping it very real, aren't we? I try to. With our content. We're not, we're not trying to <sighs> beautify it. We're not trying to make it simple, shortcut, three. Clickbait sti- type stuff. No, I mean, <laughs> because all our videos are like an hour long, dude. And that's why no one watches half my videos. No. All your videos. Yeah. Average view duration is like 15 minutes or so. I mean, we'll keep doing it though. Got to right. do it. One person's watching it all. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's, that, what, that's what I want with my channel. As long as I'm helping one person, yeah. that's it. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, well, just one person watches my video. He likes my videos. One person, yeah, Billy. And it's the like, community we've you know? grown though. It's like the, the the quality of the comments that we get on our videos comparatively to all these other meme channels. Yeah, it's true. It's so different. Mm. Like we're actually getting people results, dude. Actually getting people. You like results. to think so. Um, did you wanna? Yeah, we can jump in a question if we we end it there. All right, so Curtis is going to get his guitar ready, get ready for the jingle. Oh, no. Round two. We'll be back in in just a moment. All right, we're back, everyone. Welcome to the BBC Question Time. Curtis has been practicing in the break. I've really been practicing. Yeah, I was Nathan's hyping me up and it's yeah. pissing me off. I love hyping Curtis up. It's like, yes, because then everyone gets so excited. Oh, oh Curtis, the jingle, shit. the BBC question time jingle is going to be so good. Or I, can't the podcast we, this, I can't believe this is an actual podcast. It's pretty ridiculous, like, what isn't are we it? Doing what are we doing? you got a guitar I've here. I've literally played this guitar like... <laughs> like I, I used to play this guitar when I was like 14. Yeah. I pulled it out of my house recently. Yeah. Wait, are you turning those? No, I'm not. I'm just touching them. Is okay. that bad? Well, it's already not tuned anyway, okay. so it doesn't matter. But so I should I hold this for you? So you're gonna do because you, you. I know. So what we're gonna do? Because you tell me how easy it is to sing and play at the same time, right? No, how the other way around. <laughs> so what we're gonna do? I'm gonna play three chords. Okay. And then we're gonna give an imaginary prize to the person who guesses the song. An imaginary prize, okay? Yeah. All right, so then I'll be the host, right? So this is a yeah, this is a game quiz show. What is the song? What is the song? Uh, by. Coach Curtis. And here we go. Uh, Take it away, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Wait, let me do it again. All right, Curtis is going for... This is... It's all good. In this show, in the game show, we have three chances. So let's <laughs> see what Curtis is going for his second chance. <laughs> oh, shit. And that's... Now we're going on to Curtis's third chance. Third and final chance. Here we go. Oh, shit. <laughs> And he's failed out of the competition. <laughs> We've now got... He's got a lifeline. The fourth chance. Lifeline. So much pressure. Fuck it. 
All right, and we hope that that gave you enough information, and we look forward to being seeing what the imaginary prize is. For we'll see you next time on um, oh, the guess the guess the song show that's got somehow related to a League of Legends podcast. What a complete waste of time that was. All right, so um, there's obviously no jigsaw. So I'll do the jingle now. Welcome to Nathan's mailbag. What to your condom? My condom. Where? Oh, this one here. The oh, condoms Jesus. fell off. That's very dangerous. That's, that's very dangerous. You've got to stay safe. It's correct. All right. So, first question here is from Matthew, which is so relevant to what we've really? just. Um, Thank you, Matthew, for tuning in. This is the perfect question <clears throat> um, following our conversation. All right. Um, hey, guys. My name is Matt from Cleveland in the great United States of America. He doesn't actually say that. I'll just add right. that in. Quick background, I've been playing with the same two guys since Season 1. Being gold in flex or 3v3, ranked since Season 3. And due to having a family, I play maybe six games a week, two days. A comment and then a couple of questions. First, I just wanted to remind you guys that a lot of people in Platt and Laura realize that we're not great at the game. And when people who are looked up to in the community, like ourselves, call us trash or garbage as you did a couple of times in the last episode, it really doesn't make things better. You probably don't realize you're doing it because it's so ingrained in gaming culture, but it's something to watch for. So let's respond to that comment, Curtis. Interesting. Um, I don't think I've ever called someone... I mean, I say it not in the way you you mean that maybe you're taking it. That's right. So Matthew, so you've been misunderstood. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I actually... I mean, I've never called... Like, I mean, there's no, I don't think we actually said, but, but the way, yeah, the way I think you, I know what he's, what the he's way you could have listened to the last podcast, that's definitely this way we sound, but you so know, what did we talk about again last episode? That was we're talking was... about in houses, how platinum ah. players think it's like a good way to sort of, you know, right. we're, we're like escaping. The reason why, Matt, we, we say this stuff is because we're actually, we're very angry, mm-hmm. emotional to a way of, of way people talk about the game. Like, you know, like all the toxicity and stuff we talk to. Because everyone thinks they're so much better than they are. Well, that's right. Well, I mean that, but it's like. Like, Matthew, I mean, you sound like a pretty reasonable guy. Yeah. You're not the person yeah, we're not, talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're not referring to you whatsoever. You know? we, we're not referring to the average reasonable player who's genuinely trying to improve. Like, the people that come up with these posts, you know, it's like, oh, hey, guys, or the people, again, it's the mindset behind the platinum players thinking in-houses is, is great because what they're thinking is is that their high level, then their current skill in in-houses will display that. The Let, back, okay, let's, let's Suddenly, they're down. a diamond player. The people we're referring to, Matthew, is... You get the you get say there's like a platinum one or a diamond four player, and they think in their mind they are really good at the game. But the reason that they're not as good or their their rank isn't showing or they're not higher rank in solo queues because teammates they get trolls solo queues not for them for all these bullshit reasons and they think that if they were to play in in houses in a competitive environment in these five v five situations that they are going to be so much better and they're going to be able to beat even challenger players mm. and then they use that as fuel to go in their ranked games like blame their team as toxic toxic yeah toxic. They, they're usually very toxic to yeah. other people and, they, and they're the ones that look down on other people mm. they don't view themselves there's them and another diamond four they will view them as a completely different player to that diamond four even though the, the exact same rank and probably the exact same skill mm. And in terms of um, the way that, you know, that I view at least like platinum players or bronze players, like I have a bronze player that recently um, joined my program, right? And he, he's just sort of just started going from normals to ranked. Like he's not trash. He's not garbage. He's just, that's the, where he's in his journey right now. 
If I started playing the game, I would also be bronze. Well, well, there are there have been times where we have I've tr- I've tried to give the, the the situations where I call someone trash is when like I say it as well to myself. I'll call myself trash. Mm. It's like that's why I can't be toxic and flame someone else because I get asked this question, Matthew. I say all the time, like, how Curtis, how are you so? How come you don't get angry in solo queue? How come you don't flame people? It's because I know how bad I am comparatively mm. to the best players in the world. Mm. I look at my gameplay compared to Showmaker or Faker, and then I'm like, holy shit, I'm actually really bad at the game. I'm actually trash. But I say it to in a, in a very, like, in a not like a joking way, but just to give people a reality check. It's like, cool, you might be better than your friends at school, but don't let it get to your head. There are a lot of better players out there. And because the problem is people, it's not... It's actually the other way around. In order to get good at the game, you have to be able to, well, I mean, sustainably for a long time, you have to be able to realistically see where you're at. And a lot of the big reasons why people get stuck in gold or platinum or even low diamond or even like high diamond and master tier is because they're not able to see their level of play objectively. They need someone else. They need a coach to tell them where they are at. Mm. They're in their head. They think they are the best player in the world. And the only reason... I see this all the time, especially with Master Tier players. Mm. They think they are insanely good at the game. Mm. And the reason they are in Master Tier is just because of all these other reasons. Mm. They don't They don't genuinely think they're a Master Tier player. So I think there may be the situation where I call people trash. But it's... And again, I do it in a way to help them. I'm not saying it to... That's, well, that's always our intention. Our intention is always yeah. to help people. <clears throat> but it, it angers us when people can't help themselves sometimes, which is to our my detriment sometimes. Like, I need to approach this in a different exactly. way. I need to move calmer. Well, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes I think both of us, me and you, Nathan, we... we I'm we, terrible at it. We are... Yeah, because we've come from such an elitist background yeah. with this pro-level play yeah. where they, that's just the standard. Yeah. We would... We, in Diable's culture, it was actually really bad. Mm. Everyone in the pro-level is very toxic mm. and like... If you make a basic mistake, like you get flamed for it. Mm. And I think we have maybe picked up some bad things there and maybe we use well, it in I situations. Mean, yeah. And I mean, we have a high expert, but remember, we play the game differently as well to other people. You know, it's like, you know, like let's say the bronze guy, that like he's not trying to be a pro player. No. So I shouldn't have pro player expectations for him. But I'll be honest with you, I don't, I mean, I might be wrong. And maybe, I mean, maybe I, I'm not, maybe there was a situation where I used that, that out of, out of, um, cont- um Maybe I mis misuse the word, but I'm I'm trying to remember off the top of my head when have I gen- I don't think I've genuinely called someone trash with the intention of like trying to put them down. I mean, apart from like Voiboy, we kind of used it before. I called Voiboy trash. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I call myself trash though. That's yeah, the thing. I mean, yeah. maybe I just shouldn't use that word. And yeah. I should say it in a healthier way. Yeah. Voiboy is not a challenger player. Yeah. And He's not the best I'm not the game. better than Showmaker. And this Diamond 4 player is not as... He is literally a Diamond 4 player and he's nothing above that. Mm. And he needs to understand that. And mm. playing in-house is, if anything, is going to make him worse in the long run. Um, but I think you raise a good point. I appreciate the the feedback there. And I think it's something we need to consider more. Absolutely. Again, like we're, we're very passionate about the game. Yeah. But sometimes we get, you know, over... And again, we, we, we're passionate, again, with good intention, I'd like to think. Yeah. But sometimes we need to realize, it's like, okay, we've got to approach this in a bit different way, you know, with this Agreed. certain type of people. All right, so then his actual question, that was just a comment there. So riffing off something from last episode, it seems like you guys don't like the idea of playing League, which is, in my opinion, an inherently team game as a team. Mm. Why is that? Does this stem from your focus on personal development or your own experiences on a team? Might be worth thinking about. Um, No, I actually don't have anything wrong with 
genuine team play. I think it's completely fine. Yeah. In, and it's like, I think it's great. I think playing league is clash and flex mm. gear with your teammates, mm. uni friends or workmates is awesome. It's like an event. It's an awesome. I think it's what makes league such an amazing game. Yeah. It's a team game. Yeah. Like at the highest level, it is a team game. Mm. Um, I think me and Nathan, I mean, I'll, I'll say first, then you can sh- and riff off it, is like, for me, why I have a negative view of uh, team play is that um, it's it's the excuses that people make. Well, okay, I'm not going to group everyone in here. I'm going to say there's a, there's a subsection or there's a section of people who play team play because they're scared to play solo queue or they have an ego in um they have an ego about how good they are and they make like we said before they make up excuses as to why they are not better they're not at the rank that they deem they should be so they default to competitive play and then they fuel their ego and they feed their ego through team play and it's actually very toxic Mm. um it's kind of like this it's kind of like this if you were say I'm trying to think of an analogy here. Hmm. Actually, no, you go on, Nathan. You, you share your point. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, team play, like, it's basically just understanding in the team play, you can, like, improve, like, certain aspects, but it's, like, it's not really going to help you improve. Like, from my experiences, like, I, if anything, from the experience of the people I've coached, they've gotten worse because they are focusing on things for team play. I used an example of last episode where someone, where his teammates were saying, like, you know, you should have come here and stuff like that. And then he's, you know, been put down there because it's like his teammates and, you know, they, it's like, oh, maybe I should have helped them versus like if it was solo queue, it's like we could break that down and he wouldn't get affected because he doesn't know these people in real life, right? Um, and basically, basically my point, again, with the good intention is like, you will actually have a better team play experience if you focus number one priority solo queue and then clash and team play. But again, what people do is they do team play number one mm. and solo queue number two. Well, this is a, this is a section of people. Yeah. And we believe this to be the majority. The majority, yeah. From our maybe experience. like, maybe 70%. Yeah. There is a, there is, there is, there are people out there that have a healthy relationship with clash and mm. competitive play. Mm. And maybe this is 30% of the, the community and, and it's completely fine. But we just believe that to be such a minority. Yeah. And the amount of people that have a negative view or use competitive play in a negative light, whether or not they're conscious of it, this, this is what just what we've seen. And because you got to, and this is the way you, you view it, you got to help League of Legends at the most fundamental level is you have to help yourself before you help others. Mm. You're actually becoming a detriment to a team if you don't, if you're not competent. Like it doesn't matter how much teamwork. Doesn't teams matter how good you are as a as a team, team. player. Yeah. Doesn't matter how good your communication is. Mm. Doesn't matter how nice you are or how good you are macro wise or how how well you understand how to win a game. If you are losing your lane and don't understand your matchups and don't understand how to control your counterpart and actually get leads individually, you're actually becoming a huge detriment to your team. Mm. Yeah, which again, in my eyes, is actually a worse team experience. That's correct. You know. That that's why, by the way, if you were to get five, um, if you get five grandmaster players that have never played together before, actually no, let's just say this. Let's just say you got five random challenger players <clears throat> that you had never. Okay, actually, let's be more specific. If you got five six hundred LP challenger players <clears throat> that have never played together. Versus an amateur versus, team. No, no, versus a, a team, an amateur team that is all master tier. Yeah. 
They've been playing. Say hundred. Say they're all around hundred LP master tier. Yeah. So there's, a, so there's, a, there's a five, four, five hundred LP difference between them. And these, let's say this guy, this team has played together for two years. Yeah. Even a, a year or two years, and they've practiced like every week, everything. I guarantee you that the, the team that have never played together ever, mm. don't even know them, mm. will win a best of three. Yeah. I could bet any amount of money on. They it. might take a game off, but they won't. Yeah, win. Might take a game best on. of five, they won't win. They're not going to win a best of five, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, I think that that statement right there is. Think I think that, that. that that's that's what we mean. Think about yeah. that. A yeah. team that is literally put together for a year mm. and they know everything. They know about about everything. They will lose. I, in my opinion, they will actually they should actually get three zero in a best of five. Okay, pretty cl- convincingly. Yeah, because the difference between a five hundred LP challenger player and a one hundred LP master tier player is actually massive. But that's that, but that's pretty confronting, right? You're like, holy shit! Well, what's the point of team play? Team play, that's right. No, it's really individual play is really big. Yeah, in in league it is again. Like I'm trying to com- compare it to traditional sports. I just haven't played it at the highest level enough, so I don't. Really yeah, know. no, we don't understand it enough. I don't think. But um, yeah. I don't think it's the case in a lot of team sports because they're more figured out. Yeah, I don't know. It's actually not. That's not the case. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe maybe I th- it's. I think it's because it's, it, it, okay. There's no like. It's less one-on-ones, isn't it? I mean, not really. Don't know. I don't think we can make that statement. I don't think we can we can compare it to any traditional sport. Yeah, it's just a different game. Yeah. All right, so then his last bit of his email is, Finally, as I stated above, I play about six games a week. I play Nocturne, Zig, Swain, Mid, and I'm able to watch my VODs at work during lunch. That's awesome. That's man. awesome. I realize my champion pool isn't ideal, but I've got a decent master with them and with the amount of games I play. I don't know if trying to learn a new champ is worth it. So again, he plays six games a week. My question is, what do you guys think is the single most important thing I could do given my circumstance to improve my game? VODs, different champs, ETC. He's a gold player, right? The gold in flex. So you didn't mention. Okay. Sorry for the big email. Thanks for the great podcast. And as someone who also well, that's loves a problem. League, thanks for sharing your love for the game. So what's the problem here, Curtis? What's the gold in flex thing about? In, and there's not in solo queue. That's a bit concerning. Well, again, he plays. I no, think he, only play flex with friends. Yeah, that's right. I think he plays with the same two guys. Right. That's a bit concerning. So being gold in flex or three v three ranks in season three in Judah Havlin. Yeah, he didn't mention his solo queue rank. Um, okay. Ziggs, Swain, and Nocturne. I mean, you've got a very niche pool. There's nothing in there that says to me you've got a reliable pick. And that's completely fine. You're in gold. I mean, Ziggs is a pretty simple, straightforward champion. Swain as well. The problem is with both Nocturne and Swain is that they don't really allow you to teach the real, real proper fundamentals of the game in terms of like wave management because Swain has no control over a lane. Nocturne has no control over a lane. Ziggs as well has mostly losing matchups. Doesn't really have much control over a lane. Um, I would say that, you know, they're fine. Okay. Then I think at this point, it really comes down to what your what your goal is. If you did want to improve as a mid laner over the long run, I would highly recommend picking up some form of stable, reliable AP mage. And then using, and then kind of having your niche in your pool as well. Something like a, an Oriana or a Victor is always what I recommend, because it's just it's stable, they're solid, it's independent, somewhat blind pickable, and it works all the way up to like high diamond and, and master tier plus, even challenger. It's a very if ideally if you can if you even if you enjoy those champions, whether it's an like a uh, Oriana or a Victor, I would recommend it. 
And then you can just have your niche picks. You can just have your Swain and your Nocturne. And I don't mind having a niche Swain and a Nocturne for those situations. But have your core Crocs mid lane mage as like a as an Oriana and as and a, and a Victor. Because the reason being, by the way, you might ask them, what's the difference between a Ziggs and Oriana and a Victor? Is because Ziggs doesn't actually win many matchups because the damage is unreliable comparatively to a Victor and an Oriana. And um or, uh, Ziggs as well can't really adapt to a faster game pace, whereas Oriana and Victor can as well. So if the game pace is very fast, you don't mind going back for an early Dark Seal and a refillable and then playing relatively fast or even whatever it is. You can adapt your runes and your build to, to optimize for a given matchup as well. That's what Victor and Oriana are great at doing. Ziggs can't really do that. Ziggs can't just randomly swap and go like like electrocute or something like that. Like Oriana can go airy or Oriana's mainly build can shift, whereas Ziggs, uh, Victor can change build and can change um, runes as well. So that's what I would recommend if you really wanted to improve over the long run. So you think he should play those champs? So there's new champs. One of them. That's one of them. Okay. And then I would probably lower his champ pool to two champs for, for the time being. If you're yeah. only playing six champs a week, yeah, you need to be. You can less. only, in my opinion, you should only be playing two champions. Yeah. If you want to improve. You would have like maybe your your niche Swain and then you, or, or your niche Nocturne on the side, and then you would have your main your main Crocs as your that that mage. Um, that's what I would recommend. And I am gonna be I have a pretty good Oriana guide. All the the, the builds kind of changed a little, and you can ask me in the Discord. But um, the as for the Victor, I'm actually gonna be doing a Victor guide next after my Echo guide that's coming out soon. So stay tuned for that one if you're interested in Victor. But well, in terms of schedule, what would you recommend for that guy? I mean, I would recommend. I mean, Flex is fine, I guess, but Solik is just a whole different beast. Yeah. It's more intense. You're going to be more intense whether you believe it or not. You just are going to be more Try intense. Try it out for like yeah, a month or two. Give it a go. Just play those six games, only Solik. See how we go. Give it a go. Give it a go. That's my recommendation. All right. Next question here is from Rainy. Hi, Nathan and Curtis. I've been listening to all, uh, all the episodes of your podcast and appreciating the work you're putting in. I have a question, comment regarding the discussion of in-house and clash games in episode 24. One aspect that I feel team play brings into the game is a sense of motivation. Personally, I've played League since 2013 and never played ranked for six years, only casually. As my clash team has become more serious over time, I have felt a greater sense of responsibility towards becoming a player that elevates my teammates and performs in a way that I can be proud of. This aspect of becoming an asset to the team has really defined my relationship with the game and motivated me to play far more solo queue than ever before. Each time our weekly clash practice games come up, I'm aiming to have used that past week to grow and improve as a player. As not a naturally competitive person, I needed this outside push to begin a begin to decisively work to improve. Interested on hearing your perspective on this concept. Pretty sure the works you guys do, Rainy. I don't think we ever Set, we didn't ever say Clash was bad. I think we need to clarify our stance. Yeah, anything. okay, yeah. I think there's some confusion. I mean, I definitely can see that. We, we were going hard, yeah. hard on the paint on that one. It, but it's... <laughs> I mean, you clarify. I mean, what is our stance, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I definitely think it would be a great... And I think the way you put it here, Randy... It depends Randy, on your relationship with it. Yeah, it's like... It, like I think the way you've defined it here is like... It's you're, perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. Literally perfect. You're viewing solo queue to elevate, help you elevate, and then you're showing your skills in yes. Clash. Yes, that's what it should be like. It's... It's like, this is what, this is the way you should view it. It's like, if you're a UFC fighter, mm. you're, you train all week yeah. and you, you train really hard in solo queue and then you show your skills in the, in the, in the octagon 
on Sunday. In the arena. In the arena. And that's like Clash. Yeah. Beautiful. You got the perfect... But people... The, the reason we, 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 we shit on these, these in-houses... Well, and the, this, the, it's the replacement for solo queue. It's the replacement for solo queue. That's yeah. what they, they view... These people view in-houses as the replacement for solo queue. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. It's the replacement of solo queue. And they, they play scrims all the time thinking that's going to replace solo queue or better than solo queue. And they play like all these flex queue games thinking that's going to be better than solo queue. No, you've got the perfect setup right here, Rainy, where it's like, okay, if I want to be the best possible laner, mid laner or whatever role you play for my team, I'm going to do that and practice in solo queue. I think that's great. And that's what makes League great. The, the motivation is like, like team environment, competitive like team environments. It's like you want to be better, not just for you, but for your teammates. It's, it's really good. I, lo- I love it. Yep, I Perfect, think it's awesome. Man. And I get, I love it how you identified as you're not a naturally competitive person. That's awesome. That's great self-awareness. That's very good. So needed the outside push to become decisively, um, to work to improve. So that's that's really good, um, you know, to hear as well. All right, so next one here is from Daniel. So this is a bit of a longer one. Okay, Daniel. So his title here is listener question balance between fun and playing for optimal results. Hey guys, first I wanted to say thanks for the podcast. I love hearing you guys talk about the game and all the ideas, topics around it at a very high level. I'm an ADC main in NA who peaked GM 255 LP in NA in season nine. And I'm currently stuck in diamond one right now and trying to improve to a challenger level as it's always been my goal to at least touch challenger since I started playing in season one or two. Sometimes it feels like the ADC role is just different than the other roles in some ways because it feels like the role with the most meta slaves at the highest level compared to the other roles that can have a lot of one tricks that aren't considered all around good. Fura, you know, Fura one trick, one trick ponies, Fizz, Zed, Talon, Yasuo. I want to have fun improving in league, but it's hard for me to convince myself to play something that I feel will hold me back in the long run because it's suboptimal. I guess he's assuming the role that he's playing, ADC. Or champion. For example, my favorite champion to play is Vayne, but it legitimately feels like that champ cannot be spammed to reach Challenger no matter what because of her weakness in the laning phase. I see that a lot of ADC mains in high elo play a lot of Ezreal. Although I find him really fun to navigate in teamfights, I don't like how it feels to lose priority in a lot of matchups and farm with Q until late game as I just find that part unenjoyable. I find more aggressive picks like Kaiser and Lucian more enjoyable, enjoyable, but I'm worried they're suboptimal in high elo to spam since they can be counterpicked compared to champs thought to be better blind picks such as Ezreal, Ash, and Jin. I really want to become a challenger level ADC and be known in the server as a great and versatile player, even if I don't have any plans on going pro. This obsession with being optimal makes it so I consistently switch champions I play and also causes me to tilt from the chaos in solo queue more times than I'd like to admit. Any of us would be appreciated from Dan. Mm. I think he does make a good point. Botlane is a very meta. Yeah, like I'm never scared of like a one-trick ADC, are you? I mean, the only ones, one-tricks that I get scared of are Draven one-tricks. Draven Draven is the one that can always be good no matter what. That's a good point. Like we, Draven one tricks are terrifying. We don't talk about ADC enough in it. We never think no. about ADC enough. ADC is such a weird role, isn't it? It's just this like enigma. So why can't there be one trick? Because is it no, because it's dictated by supports, dude. It's just dictated by supports. And 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 and, and AD carries really are depend on the meta. And like because AD carry meta shifts so much. It does, doesn't it? It does it's shift a shit ton. It's very chaotic. Like Jin's randomly the highest win. Yeah, rate he's right. Like you can't man. just play Vayne. 
Yeah. Vane is so bad. Yeah. And like, even Lucian Eddie Carey, like, these are very niche picks. Yeah. Vane, you got to pick into like heavy melee comps that you can like count on. It's not even champs. about the comp, man. Vane is just about like the lane. Just lane. She's like, just you can't lane. survive lane with yeah. Vane. Like, Vane can be played versus things like Ezreal. Mm. You can play it into things like Ezreal. Um, I think you can even play... Vayne can actually be played into Lucian. Vayne actually used to be a good Lucian counter because you can avoid the cube. Okay, that makes sense with Back Tumble. in the day, anyway. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case anymore. But that's what it used to be. Um, but anyway, the thing is... This is interesting. I, I mean, first of all, I agree that Bowling does feel like a bit of a meta-slave role. So, firstly, to clarify, do you think that he would be hard-stuck, Diamond 1, because he's uh, trying to play Vayne? Mm, I okay. So one thing we need to clarify here: eighty carries is, is a role in which it's very fundamental. Mi- micro, micro means so much. Yeah. It's a micro role. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it, it really is. It's a micro role, and it's all the small little details, like very small micro details that add up. Um, the thing is, is um, I think. Picking up a new AD carry doesn't seem as challenging, though, as picking up a whole new mid-champion mm. or a jungler, does it? Mm, no. Like, if you pick up, like, say the difference between, say, Hecarim mm. and Nidalee mm. is, like, night and day. It's, yeah. it's, so, it's like a different game. You're playing game. a different game, yeah. Same as, same as mid. If you're playing Fizz versus yeah. uh, Orianna, yeah. it's, like, a completely different game. Yeah. Whereas, like, you're playing Ash versus a Jin, or you're picking, like, Kai'Sa versus an Ezreal. I mean, yes, they... I mean, Kai'Sa versus Ezreal is actually a pretty big one, but... There are some similarities between a lot of the champions. Like, Kaiser Varus is very similar. Jin is also played like an Ash as well. Um, you know, the champions are relatively similar. In saying that, though, surely, like, if you had a, a solid champ pool of three, with if you had a solid champion pool of three that seemed to be popular across metas, wouldn't that be enough? Like, okay, so let's, say, let's say, for example, you had, like, Ash, Jin. And Kaiser, or like, or even Ash, Ezreal, and Kaiser. Surely, across all metas, if you really th- are very thoughtful about your champion pool, surely they're going to be in the meta at some point in time. At least one of them. Yeah. Are they not? I mean, I'm trying to think about all the AD carry metas. When there's the Varus, usually it's a Varus Ash Jin meta. Yeah. Or it's a, it's like an Ezreal Kaiser meta. Or it's a, um, like a Kaiser and I mean I know MF comes into the meta occasionally. That's like lane bully and stuff. So there's a Draven, yeah, Dra- Draven MF, and that's where, but that's where Ash kind of fits in. Feels like if you had Kaiser, Ash, and Ezreal, you fit like every combination. So you think you should get rid of the the vein? The vein and Illusion are kind of useless in my okay. opinion. I mean they're too niche. Okay, so what I would recommend is if if possible, try and find a well-rounded champ pool of three in which you can really pursue champion mastery. But is champion mastery even that important? AD carry an AD? Yeah, I'm just thinking about it now. Not. Maybe it's not because it's just lane fight. Like the it's champion, the champion master will come in. It's just team fighting. That it's was just team, team fighting. fighting. Yeah. Because team fighting and skirmishing and that's all it is, right? It's like the initial landing phase and mm. micro. Then mm. it's just team fighting, mm. optimize, optimizing your team fighting and identifying threats. You know, I don't think of it. Yeah, it's very focused on like yeah, lane fundamentals. I well, guess I guess you got to know damage limits and stuff. You know, trading mm, patterns, all that sort mm. of stuff. It's probably still important, but I mean, I can't. I'm never going to say champion mastery is not important. So I can't. Yeah, yeah neither. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm never going to say it's not important, but I can't see it as being important as other lanes. I mean, we don't have as much experience with eighty carries, man. Honestly, mm. 
Let's just the role I didn't know the least about. Yeah, me too. I know a lot about support, even top and mid and somewhat jungle. I don't really know much about AD carry. Because in my experience, when we coach AD carries, they were just mechanical gods. Like, think about all the AD carries that I've played with or coach. We have a King, who's now C9 Academy. Raze, who's now as a mortal's <laughs> AD carry. Katsuri, who's now instantly gone in like one CLG. or two years to CLG Academy. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else have I played with? That's, that's pretty much it. Like, all the AD carries I've coached or, or been with have been like already straight to NA and like mm. got rank one. Mm. We're talking rank one AD carries. Mm. <laughs> so I don't have a... There's no like... In my mind, there's no like... You either have it or you don't. It's just one of those toxic... It's one of those very natural talent roles, unfortunately. In the way I interpret it. I could be completely wrong, but that's the way I view it. Yep. So, I, I mean, I, I want to give some... Come Nathan, we've got to help this guy out, man. If you want to get challenged, I think you've got to get rid of the vein entirely from your oh, champion. What I think is that I think he should stick with three champs. Three champs that isn't vein. That, that, can, that can actually work across all metas. Yep. And then... Um, he really likes to enjoy playing Vayne. And maybe... No, yeah, fuck Vayne, honestly. I mean, Vayne's really good in certain games, man. I swear to God. That's a niche pick. Me as I a jungle dude, if I'm playing Noonan, I've got like a Darius and like a yeah. Yasuo on my team, True. dude, and I'm into Vayne. Like, holy shit, dude, I'm sweating, man. You know? Yeah, but can't you do the exact same thing with Kaiser? Similar? No way, dude. Kaiser's way more. Kaiser's no, no Vayne's out of control, out of control type shit, dude. Kaiser, I guess, is, but like, I can deal with Kaiser. I know. I versus Fed Vayne today and I popped him on Vayne, I am just scarred because I'm an Udia one trick curse. And I remember versing Radius Vayne and Kings of Calvin's Vayne and FBI's Vayne. Oh, FBI as well, yeah. Like, I am scarred. I think think Vayne's one of the strongest champs in the game. Yeah, he's so bad, though, for mid laners. I just obliterate Vayne. (laughs) But I know. All my champions counter Vayne. Like, Orion and Victor, they just. (laughs) My entire champ pool gets counted by Vayne. Okay. Except for Eve. I mean, what I would recommend as well, dude, is that, like, if I was at... Okay, let's just say for some reason I roll swap to Eddie Carey. The first thing that I would do is I would absolutely study my small details within the landing phase. How many auto attacks am I missing? What's with my wave control? Why am I getting shoved in when I need to? Am I giving too much pressure? Am I back clicking? Why am I back clicking here? Am I giving unnecessary pressure? Am I scared for no reason? Am I not confident in my dodging abilities? And why is that the case? Um... Could I have auto-attacked more? Is there matchups where I understand where I need to stay in lane? I remember when I was coaching King, and King used to say things, I need to start in lane in this matchup, otherwise I just lose the game. The mm. game explodes. Mm. So you've got to communicate and know these matchups inside now, where it's like, oh shit, okay, this is a matchup, and I must start in lane. This is a matchup where I have to get priority at levels one and two and build a wave. And just get into the details, man. The, the reason you're D1, at the end of the day, the sad reality is that like either you're... Either your threat assessment in team fights is just god awful in your positioning, or two, your micro and, and and your wave or your your lane positioning is just terrible, and you're missing autos. You're not th- you're not managing waves enough. You're scared. You're not trusting your dodging mechanics. You're back clicking. You're not weaving in auto attacks enough. You're not tempo basing off built waves. There's something going wrong there. Diamond one eighty carry is pretty piss poor. Like like. When I think in my games, like even when we're playing in NA and when Calvin talks to me about like NA, it's like similar to Oris. And he was saying like, you know, there's, there has to be some very, very obvious mistakes going in time mm-hmm. one. And what, mm-hmm. I, what I mean by saying piss poor is like, it's not like the difference between Grandmaster and Challenger. We're talking, there has to be some significant, significant obvious problems. Yeah, that are very here. obvious. That's right. It's probably not got to do exactly with your champion. No. And I don't think, yes, yeah. if you're playing Vayne, yes, I'm assuming that's very <laughs> contributing to it, but... There has to be some very obvious things there, man. So sorry we can't... I mean, I can't really give you the best advice, but that's the best I can give you, man. Hopefully it helps. 
All right, so next one here is from Squirtle the Turtle. Hey, y'all. Love the podcast. My question is, you guys keep saying to start with more simpler champs like Annie, Nunu, Yi. I've never said to start with Yi, by the way. I'm I'm anti-Yi. To first start climbing. Um, Then you say to move on to more complex champions once you climb to higher elo. What I'm confused about is are simpler champs are not good for high elo. Do you must have more complex champions to climb in high elo? I'm a master year one trick right now. I'm starting to expand my champ pool to be a better player. So must I drop ye in high elo to climb? I don't know if I can ever just stop playing ye. Thanks for your response. It it depends on the champ. It depends on the champ. It's just champ specific. There's some simple champs that are great in high elo. Yeah, give me some examples. Darius. Darius. Darius is... I mean, I've seen Darius players. Darius plays in high elo as a niche counterpick. It's, it can't be one. It's hard to one trick Darius. Yeah, but it's a niche counterpick that's simple. If you think of Rise, Rise is actually a pretty simple kit. It's not simple in terms of execution, but the kit's actually relatively simple. As good, he's as not Halo. a simple. He's not a simple. Would you call him simple? No, not at all. Um, well, Annie is very good all the way up until like Diamond One, in my opinion. I think it's very viable all the way up until Diamond One. Yeah. Um, Nunu is a simple champion, isn't he? Yeah, Nunu is a simple Nunu's champion. Nunu is a challenger. Yeah, uh, you played that's a challenger. Nunu is good. Yeah, Nunu you can play. Um, What's another simple champion? Y- I mean, yeah, I mean you can play Yi. Seraphine like- is actually a very simple champion. Yeah, and I, th- I, it wouldn't surprise me if we actually see it in pro play eventually at some point. I think the champion's very good. Jungles. Hey, I would say Hecarim's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Good yeah. champion. Leona in bot lane in support. Leona's a very straightforward champion. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Well, let's sort of stick to this guy's pool. He looks like he's an, a mid and, you know, jungler right now. I so. mean, okay. Majority of the time, high skill cap champions are better. Yeah. Okay. That's like in the, the jungle, the highest, you know, the, the meta's always been like, it's like, like Nidalee, Lee Sin, yeah. like... Same um, as mid lane as Akali, and we're going to see a lot of Akali, and Azir yeah. and Yone, and yeah. high, high yeah. Yes, that is the case. But... In regards to climbing to like high elo, we're talking diamond one. You can basically play any simple champion. You can play Yi there, dude. You can definitely play Yi there. Can, but the Hard. thing the thing about it is that what happens is the player. If you're like literally Yi one one trick to diamond one, sometimes players get to that and they're like, okay, I'm gonna finally expand my champ pool, and then they get so much confidence destroyed. It's like you can't go back. Well, that's the problem we we found with one tricking. It's okay. We're not to say it's not. It's not. It's obviously possible to climb to Diamond 1 with your champion. If you want to one-trick Yi or one-trick Udyr or Velkos or whatever it is, you can do that. But the danger is, like we said, is most players are going to have an identity crisis once they try to expand their pool. Mm. And what happens, they get to Diamond 1 and they start losing, go all the way down to D4 or or even Platinum 1, and then they're like, or even Plat 2, and like, holy shit. I mean, I'm, I'm just... Like, I want to just go back to Yi. I'm giving up. I'm tapping out. I'm going back to Yi, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's such a... And it hurts your ego and your expectations. Well, and then you cause all these mental blocks, invisible narratives, and then it turns into a shit show. Recover. And because the thing about jungling, I think, is a little bit different as well. Because Yi, champs like Yi, Shivana, and like Warwick, they don't teach you jungle fundamentals at all. You don't even need them at all to climb. Yeah, that's that's and that's a, that's a dangerous thing, man. And so you're not actually learning the role. You're actually just playing a champion in his own little universe. Same as Katarina. That's why I don't yeah, remember like Katarina. Katarina. Katarina, you don't learn mana rationing yeah. or wave management. or And you get one kill and you snowball out of control anyway. So yeah. it doesn't really teach shit. Mm. So, I mean, we're question, I mean, your answer is that you can play simple champs to a high level, but majority of the time at the high, high level, it is mechanically demanding high skill cap champs. Was that yep. the question? Yep. 
right. I think we wrap it. Yep. I think that's going to be it for this uh, podcast, everyone. So I hope everyone enjoyed again. Holy shit. Look at my posture by the end of the episode. Yeah, we, we got bad there. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> are not going to do timestamps. <laughs> Based on our original conversation at the beginning, Curtis, I just let dude. Why know. is our podcast on Sundays? By the way, what do you mean? It actually, annoys me. You don't like Sunday? I can't have a weekend, so we should do it. I on... want to do it on. Mo- I want to move it to Monday. I want to have a petition to move it to Monday. Okay, so we do Wednesday and Monday. Is that possible? Yeah, of course. We can do whatever we want. Because like I'm always feel pressured. It's like I'm having. A, I'm like sometimes I work on a Saturday as well, right? Mm. I'm like, all right, fine. I can relax on a Saturday night. I'm like, fuck, I have to come back and do this podcast on Sunday. You know, some days it's fine, but I don't think it's that healthy, man. So maybe we do Mondays and Fridays then. Mondays and Fridays would be good for that me. That makes more sense. Doesn't it make, make, make so it So Mondays sense? will be Tuesday, like American EU time, and then Fridays will be Saturday. Um, yeah, American EU time. It's easy to change, right? Yeah. We'll just let everyone know. Everyone's going to have to adjust the new schedule. Wait, so it would be what, in American time? What would it be? What days? It would be... Um, so if it's Monday, our time's Tuesday, their time. Yeah. And if it's Friday, our time... Wait, what am I talking about? If it's The other m- way around. If, yeah, so if it's Monday, It was Sunday time, for them. It was coming out Sunday, Sunday for them. Yeah, so they should be, that means it'll be coming out Monday for them, which is even better. Because then yeah. they start their work week and it's Monday and it's coming out. Yeah, that's true. I'm just completely lost with times right now. All right. Yeah, maybe Monday and Friday. We can experiment with that. What's today? Thursday. So maybe our next podcast, we start that schedule if you want. So that would be... Monday, our time. Yeah, yeah, Monday. That would be ideal. Yeah. Which would then mean it would be released on Monday for them. That's awesome. That's maybe better. Yeah, that's perfect for them. Yeah, it is. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Good work, team, anyway. Let us know your thoughts on that. That's a, they, these guys just got an insight about how how discussions go. <laughs> yeah, this is how our podcast strategy yeah, discussions that's, how, that's literally how simple our, our decisions are made. What do you think about this? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you maybe never again. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just kidding. We have 975 episodes. So 974. All right, see you guys later.